For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. The Revolution came up big in their first leg of the CCL quarterfinals against Pumas today with a 3-0 victory, a very big win, a very nice score for the Revolution as they go into a very difficult second leg next week down in Mexico. I am your host, Greg Johnstone. Joining me today, if you don't already know, is Chris Lucas. Chris, how are you today? Greg, you know, I had a really rough day yesterday, and I was prepared to come in with uh, how are you doing going two different ways today. And I'm so elated to say that I am doing fantastic today. That was such a great performance. It was so much fun to watch. Uh, I couldn't be in a better mood, and I'll take a really crappy day before a game every single day if it leads to a result like this. 3-0 over Pumas, that's, that's huge, huge, huge. How are you doing, Greg? Uh, I'm great, and you are also an Adam Buxa stand, so getting two goals from Adam Buxa, certainly uh, another positive development uh, for your evening. So uh, before we get going, I just want to tell everyone, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap, and be sure to follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. We're very close to 200 follows on Instagram, so I'm hoping we surpass that this week. Um, also, be sure to follow our friends at The Bent Musket at The Bent Musket, and check them out at www.thebentmusket.com. Uh, check out our sponsor, Galasso Kits, and use our promo code REVSRECAP for 15% off. And if you'd like to financially contribute to the podcast, uh, you can become a patron at patreon.com at revolutionrecap. Now that all the plugs are out of the way, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give me your key takeaway from tonight's game? Look, it was beautiful to watch that midfield with Sebastian Legette and Carlos Heel playing off each other so much. And they both attract so much attention defensively that one of them is always going to be open almost all the time. Uh, the way that they have sort of developed this uh, this partnership, it, it seems as I mean, I'm surprised at how quickly they've they've developed this. They seem to be pretty much on on the same page most of the time, and they're a real uh, a real deadly attack basically going forward. Um, they're going to cause a lot of trouble for MLS defense. Uh, all season long, and I think we saw a lot of that against such a, such a top opponent in Pumas. Such a, you know, they're obviously a class opponent, uh, and just to see how well they were breaking down that defense, and nothing was really seeming to stop them. Uh, it just really impressed me. That really stood out a lot to me. Just just how they both played so well together, and it allowed uh, Buxa and Bo to also have a bit more freedom up top as well. So uh, that. That partnership is uh, is really exciting, and that's that's my takeaway is just just watching that blossom, and I can't wait to see more and more of that this year. Yeah, and Sebastian Lechette, another great game today. We talked about him a little bit last episode, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but I want to give his numbers here. He played 78 minutes, obviously he had that goal in the first half, uh, which started the scoring. That was his only shot in the game, but a very nice 
low shot that uh, got the rubs on the scoreboard. Uh, 47 for 61 passing, that's 77%. Uh, he had 80 touches in 78 minutes. So he was very involved in this game all the way around. He had nine recoveries, one interception. Um, overall, a pretty successful game, uh, five for nine on duels. And, you know, we talk about the connection with Legette and Heal. Not only are they playing well with each other, but I kind of noticed when they take off the Bastion Legette, um, you know, I know it seems like Josie Altidore kind of comes in for Legette, so maybe this is more speaking to Josie than Legette, but they really kind of miss that link up uh, from the middle third to the final third. There are a couple times where Buxa, um, Josie, and Bo kind of had the responsibility of carrying the ball into the final third, and there are a couple times Buxa had to kind of play it back, and they kind of had to. Um, you know, kind of possess the ball and, and it kind of slowed the momentum down a little bit. You didn't really see that with Sebastian Legette or Carlos Heel. Um, so, yeah, I, I think these two guys complement each other really, really well. A really, really great performance. Again, from Sebastian Legette, obviously a great performance from Carlos Heel, uh, kind of more of the same 65 or 74 passing. Um, he had two assists, 96 touches. Man of the match, I would say, all the way mm -hmm. around. I mean, more you can kind of expect that from Carlos Hill at this point, but um, the guy is really good. So, hey, before I get to my key takeaway, by the way, if anyone has a key takeaway they want to talk about, you can request to speak into this uh, Twitter spaces. Um, this is a live show, but obviously we are looking for more input from our listeners. So if you want to jump on the pod and if you want to drop a take, uh, please just raise your hand. We'll get to you in a second. Uh, but my key takeaway tonight is really the Revs, this is a job well done. I think 3 nothing was the scoreline you needed going into Mexico. Next week is going to be a very, very difficult game. Um, even in the second half, we kind of saw Pumas kind of turn up the heat a little bit in the attacking half. Um, that Earl Edwards save really changed the entire outlook of this game because if Pumas scores there, it's 1-1, and who knows what happens momentum-wise. So uh, it, it was a really, really great save by Earl Edwards Jr. But you can kind of see Pumas, they came out slow. I think the snow and the field conditions really kind of made them sloppy. They, they really couldn't do anything in the first half. But you can see in that second half, they're kind of building a little bit. And I expect them to come out really, really aggressive. So I think a three-goal win here is, is really great for the Revolution. For the first 70 minutes, I thought we were going to be talking about how the Rebs missed chances were going to come back to bite them. Uh, but really some nice finishing there at the end. Um, that 72nd-minute goal from Buxa, um, I, I wish you put it away the first time, but that second chance was uh, pretty quality in off the post. Uh, and then that stoppage time counterattack there. Carlos Gil, a perfect ball uh, into Buxo with a professional finish there. Uh, so a job well done. Obviously, if you're the Rebs, you want a 4 or 5 nothing victory. But I, I haven't seen expected goals yet. I imagine expected goals are somewhere around 3.5 to 4 to, you know, 0.5 to 1. So I think this is a fair result. I think the Rebs showed they were the bigger, t better team. Um, and I think this is all you could really ask for. Yeah, you know, it was uh, exactly what you want. A three nothing win at home. I don't know how you can ask for any more, really. And uh, just you talked about that Buxa goal that that first one. Where you wish he hit it uh, first time. I don't think it would be a Buxa goal if it doesn't go in off the post. I mean, that was uh, it's just such a Buxa trademark thing to do. And I, speaking of the post, Bo uh, with that that snowfall hit off the post uh, earlier on in the match. That was a, a pretty impressive scene right there. I'm, that one's going to go down for a long time. I was gonna say uh, my my other thing about this three nothing win is that if they win if they finish this game one nothing that play is gonna haunt me forever. But now I can kind of enjoy it, uh, kind of enjoy that gif and enjoy that clip of uh, Gustavo Bo rattling the crossbar and the snow falling down. I think that was a pretty awesome image. But um, yeah, there there were a handful of plays that I kind of circled as um, you know missed opportunities. The first minute Bo kind of gets a ball low through the box, no one's there. Dewan had a ball through the box in the tenth minute that no one was there on. 
Um, uh, Buxa had a, a one-timer that missed wide. Bo and Heel both had volleys that went over the ball, uh, the bar. Um, so there, there, uh, Bo had a goal that was called back due to offsides. So this could have been a game where, the, you know, the missed chances really came back to bite you. Um, but they, they came away with a three nothing win. I, I can't say we can complain too too much. Obviously, you'd want a higher score, but um, really excited about this result. So. And then, Greg, there was one change to the lineup. I kind of want to get some input, uh, maybe an unexpected change, but uh, Arnold Tristison got the start. We haven't seen him all at all so far this season. Uh, how do you think he performed overall? Are you, do you have any concerns or thoughts on that? Uh, I didn't think he looked particularly great. I uh, did have a nice little run there in the 46th minute early in the second half, but he kind of got trapped with the ball and drew a corner kick. Um, I thought he played fine. I actually was texting Sean uh, Donahue, our other co-host, uh, that, you know, he said, you know, Arnold really hasn't done anything, has he? And I said, no, but McNamara really hasn't done anything in the starting lineup either. So um, I, I don't think he did anything awful. Uh, I think he played fine. He was there, um, but he didn't do anything really to stand out. So I don't know if he won many minutes today. I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what the lineup is Saturday and what the lineup is um, in Mexico. I wouldn't be shocked if they started Maciel next week and kind of played a little more defensively. Um, but I, I thought Tristan was fine, uh, all things considered. Um, if you want to talk about the person that I wasn't too impressed with, it was Omar Gonzalez. I think he still looks a little bit slow. Um, I don't know if that's preseason prep or what, but um, I, I think the drop from Kessler to Omar was uh, greater than the drop from T-Mac to Arnor. Yeah, it is. And it, it's a little bit concerning when you see, uh, you know, a, a, one thing that, that Omar brings, right, is a, a lot of experience and knowledge, and he reads the game very well. He's very smart with the game. But physically, I don't know if he necessarily has the chopsticks to keep up with it. I mean, obviously, a clean sheet is a clean sheet, uh, but it did not necessarily have to be a clean sheet. You know, Earl Edwards came up huge a couple of times. Uh, Omar Gonzalez, I agree, was uh, probably the poorest performance that we saw. Maybe I would put Josie uh, ahead of Omar, but we only saw Josie for uh, 15, 20 minutes. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get to Randy LH. He's been waiting patiently to drop his hot take. Randy, how are you doing tonight? Uh, what's your reaction today? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I was pretty satisfied with the performance. Three, nothing against the uh, Liga MX team. It's nothing to feel bad about. I feel like you could have been four, five, or six, nothing. But for this early in the season, I'll take it. Um, so overall, pretty satisfied. But I wouldn't be a Revs fan if I didn't look on the negative side. And uh, the major thing that's on my mind right now is I'm still not sure what Josie brings to the team. I mean, Greg, you mentioned it earlier that Josie came on for – uh, legit, I think it was, and didn't really do anything. Seemed like we lost a lot of control in the midfield and didn't bring much to attack there. I know it's only been three games and he's played a total of maybe 60 minutes or so, but so far, and I, and I was one of the people who, you know, I, I, I was trying to keep a pretty open mind when he was signed, but I am souring on him pretty quickly. What do you think uh, the plan to get him more involved and what do you think the plan to, to make him a contributing player going forward will be? Yeah, it's interesting because, again, we're, we're talking about a small sample size here. So I think he had 12 minutes tonight, um, nine touches. Um, you know, he, he, I think his one real moment was he had this kind of turn and shoot play. I think in the 83rd minute, he kind of got the ball inside the box and kind of scuffed that shot, which didn't look great. So I'm going to I'm going to say, you know, he's been with the team a month. We've had a little bit of a small sample size here. I, I also think that I'm not in love with where they're kind of playing him with Adam Buxa. I feel like uh, Altidore and Buxa really, he should be coming in for Buxa. And today Buxa scored the stoppage time. So I, I can't really, you know, 
I feel like maybe Bo was the right choice that, that Bruce made. They did score uh, after Altador came on, but um, to me, it seems like Altador is kind of playing a winger role, which uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not totally in love with how they're playing him. And when you're taking out Sebastian Legette and putting on Josie Altador, I think it's just a different skill set. It's a little bit slower. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it isn't really working for me. Uh, so I, I see what you're saying there, Randy, but I also think uh, I'm, I'm willing to give this time and I know Bruce Arena has talked a lot about how their preseason has been completely messed up due to the uh, other Champions League games being canceled. So I'm willing to kind of give this time and let it play out. Uh, but right now, in the small sample size, um, I don't think the returns on Josie Altador is very much, uh, so to speak. Uh, Chris, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think the Revolution right now are sitting in a pretty fortunate position because the team itself is playing so well that they can afford to just drop a bunch of cash bring in Josie Altador, a player who can be a difference maker when he's playing uh, up to the, the standard that we're familiar with him playing uh, when he played for the U.S. national team, you know, four or five years ago, talking that timeline. And we're able to bring in a player like Josie Altador and just kind of wait on it and just, just try it out and see if he gels, give it time. There's no rush to get him out there. And I think that's going to help him. Uh, he definitely looks uncomfortable. He looks unfamiliar with his teammates. Uh, that that stuff hopefully will come over with time, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I said earlier I was disappointed with his performance tonight. Um, I'm not going back on that at all. I definitely was disappointed. I'd like to see a little bit more from him. I'd like to see him maybe gelling mm-hmm. quicker than he is. But you know, overall, I think that the Reds are just very fortunate to be in a position to have a player like Josie and. If he does develop, if he does get gelling with the team, that's going to be a very deadly piece off the bench or possible replacement for Buxa uh, come the second half of season. That said, I'm not sure Josie is the answer for uh, a Buxa replacement. I'd like to see maybe some moves in the summer window, but who knows what's happening with that, so I'm not going to really try to speculate too much there. Yeah, I think they're still trying to, to figure out his role and, and trying to figure out you know where his fitness levels are at. I know that's important. I know Bruce is trying to get that down, um, but right now the way they're playing him, um, I don't know. It's just not working. So I, I kind of understand the uh, skepticism, but uh, James Downing is here with us. He's got uh, a, a take here that I think he wants to join in Jake or, or sorry, James, are you there? Uh, what are your thoughts on tonight's match? I'm here. Good afternoon, gentlemen. A uh, couple things. Number one, Chris, your technology is letting you down because you live in Maine and that's far away from the center of civilization Two, I will subscribe to the Patreon as soon as my replacement debit card arrives. My apologies. I lost my card, but I'm all about supporting what you guys do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for providing this outlet for us Rev supporters to talk Revs. And number three, more of a question. I'm really curious what your thoughts are on just kind of the amount of space and the seeming lack of pressure that was put on the Revs tonight. I'm wondering if it was more so that Pumas just couldn't be bothered to compete tonight or if it was more so that the Revolution really played a good game. Um, you know, I'm watching I'm watching Montreal Cruz Azul right now and it's a much more back and forth, but it, it seemed that the game to me tonight, I'm obviously happy with the win. To Randy's point, yes, the Revs should have had more goals and we should remember to keep it negative on the hashtag any revs over 30 but there was just so much space for the revolution to create and they were so effective down the left side of the field the jones and it really it, it was just lack of clinical finishing that 
kept the game from turning into a massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that there were there were long long periods in this match tonight where it felt like the Rebs were playing a bottom tier major league soccer outfit, not you know one of the the big four in Liga MX. And I understand. I think they said on FS2 pregame that. Pumas weren't having the the best year. They had a kind of a mixed bag of form in terms of results recently. But it just it there were there were large portions of the game where it did not seem to me like Pumas wanted to be there, wanted anything to do with the snow, uh, and just weren't moving, weren't applying pressure, and were giving the Revolution a tremendous amount of space to create. Uh, so I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on that and kind of the flow of the game overall and you know, really what, what we can expect in the second leg, if we can expect a, a more competitive Pumas, or is this really that the revolution are this good? I will I will hang up and listen, so to speak. Thank you. Well, well Chris, why don't you take that one first? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think you're 100% right that they, it feels like they didn't show up, almost didn't want to compete. In my opinion, it, it seemed like they just kind of wanted to show up. They weren't having the, the, the conditions. I understand it's a turf field. Not a lot of teams are going to like that. Uh, it's bad weather, uh, at least for a team from Mexico. It felt like Pumas came here to just try to hold on to a nil-nil draw and bring it back to Mexico and win it on their own field. That said, Pumas is also coming in with a, a, a little bit more rested legs, right? They they were supposed to have a match uh, this past Sunday that got postponed. So their ma- last match they had was a week ago on uh, March 2nd. And in that match, they had rested quite a few different starters as well. Um, and that, they lost that match 3-2 to Santos. Uh, they have plenty of fresh legs. They, I, I don't know all the players on Pumas, obviously. Uh, looking at their roster, they had a lot of triple-digit n- number players playing in that last game um, against Santos. So they were obviously resting their players. They came in tonight. They started a, a very, you know, first-team team for for what they have to offer they really should have put up a lot more as far as the the next the next match where we're going to go down to mexico i expect pumas to be coming out of the gate much stronger uh with much more intensity i saw them play against uh saprisa earlier in in this champions league and that's exactly how they played they play a high intensity uh in your face very pressing style of football and that was not there tonight so i definitely expect to see that in the return leg for pumas uh they have a lot of work to do and they're playing cruz azul um this saturday so uh it's going to be some tired legs on 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 the pumas side a lot less pressure for new england to perform uh and new england is coming up against rsl not not to slight rsl this weekend but uh i don't think it's going to be as much of a test for the Reds, as Cruz Azul is going to be for Pumas. Um, and those games are important. Those are in-league games. So uh, I expect New England to possibly even come out with another victory uh, in leg two. Overall, I mean, I think it's crazy to suggest that they're not going to come out of the quarterfinals and, and move on to the semis. But, uh, yeah, I expect it to be a much more high-intensity game. Uh, just watch for Pumas to be more, uh, more physical and more long balls uh, trying to get the counters going. 
Well, and I'm, I'm glad you kind of set the table there, Chris, because I'm not I'm certainly not an expert uh, on Pumas. Uh, I will say that. And, and the other thing, too, uh, getting back to uh, James's comment there is, uh, well, first off, James, uh, we, we appreciate your support and the kind words. And we appreciate uh, you contributing to Patreon.com slash Revolution Recap. That's Patreon.com slash Revolution Recap. <laughs> but uh, getting back to uh, the comments about Pumas here, you know, the, the first leg in the first round, they, they drew Saprisa 2-2 on the road. Um, so Saprisa was still able to move the ball. I had Saprisa scored a goal uh, at, at Pumas in Mexico uh, in the second leg. They lost four to one, uh, but at the time uh, they they scored. They made it one one three three on aggregate. Um, you know Pumas did not put away Saprisa extremely easily. Uh, I mean it, it was it was competitive. Um, you know it was not a complete slaughter. And I, I don't really have a ton of you know I, I don't want to say Saprisa is. You know, a team you kind of walk over, but I certainly expected Pumas to do in the first better in the first round. Um, and Pumas is sitting in eighth place right now in Liga MX. Uh, they're 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 three two and three um, through eight games. You know, that's eighth place. I, I mean, maybe this just isn't as threatening a team as I expected. I kind of expected this to be a hard fought battle. I know the odds coming into this game, the Revs yesterday were around plus one hundred five, plus one ten to win this game. And I think they ended at minus 110 uh, about an hour before the game. So, you know, them just coming out on top uh, of this game, the, them winning this game, you know, it was about a 50-50 chance according to the odds makers. So, um, you know, I, I was a little surprised that they were able to dominate this first half. And I know, I think Bruce Arena said that, you know, the the, the weather didn't impact this game, but I, I, I think it just mentally wore them down. I noticed the side that Pumas was playing on in the first half, you know, um, they're, they're, the half they were defending was kind of more covered in snow. The first 10 minutes, it seemed like no one could kick the ball around, you know, smoothly. It, it seemed very rough starting out. Um, and uh, I, I think maybe that threw them off. I know that I, I remember Kurt Warner told a story about the Cardinals coming and playing a game in Foxborough and him learning afterwards that they wore the wrong cleats and they ended up losing like 59 nothing or some, some one of those ridiculous scores that the Patriots had a complete blowout in the snow. And so I wonder, maybe Pumas just wasn't ready. Um, maybe they were just ill-prepared for this weather and these conditions. Um, and I, I did notice that it seemed like the second half, the snow was cleared off. It seemed like the, the surface was a little bit smoother. And in the second half, they looked a lot more dangerous. In the first half, uh, I believe shots were 10 to 1, and the game ended 18 to 8. So, so Pumas really outshot the Revolution 8 to – well, no, uh, no. Actually, no, they didn't even do that. But, but it was 8-7 in the second half. It was a lot more competitive in the second half. Um, so – I don't know. I, I don't know if the snow was giving them problems. I don't know if the turf was giving them problems. I don't know if they're just not that good of a team. Uh, they certainly look like they've never seen Dewan Jones on tape before um, with the amount of space Dewan Jones was getting and the number of times he was getting around their right back. Um, the number, I mean, Gustavo Bo and Dewan Jones absolutely dominated that first third of the game where they were just kind of through balling them to death and really attacking that wing. Dewan Jones barely played any defense in the, in, in the first half. Um, and part of the reason why I thought that uh, Botang sub was so good is because Puma started to really, really uh, come at him and, and started pushing up forwards. And Dewan Jones had more responsibility defensively. And I thought Bruce bringing on um, Botang gave them kind of that speed on that left wing that kind of made Pumas kind of have to sit back um, and, and start defending counters again when, when Dewan Jones was kind of pressed back um, defensively. So, yeah, I, I mean, everything James said there, I, I agree with wholeheartedly. I'm, I'm, I expected a lot more of a fight from Pumas and, um, I, I wonder if maybe maybe that that kind of two minute span where they almost tied the game and then Buxa ends up scoring. I mean, maybe that was just a momentum blow. 
Um, I got some intel from uh, someone who was at Gillette that walked by uh, Pumas as they were walking into the locker room, and uh, they, they seemed pretty dejected. So um, this might have just been a matter of, you know, they, they were starting to turn on a little bit, and then there was that two-goal swing where Earl Edwards Jr. had that save off the header, that double save. Then the Revs went right back down, and, and Buxa put in that shot off the post, um, and, and that might have just killed their spirits a little bit, and they kind of rolled over. So um, I don't know. That, there's, there's a lot of questions I have uh, in regards to Pumas because uh, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that the Revolution were the better team today. Chris, you got anything? I will also say oh, – oh, Go ahead, James. Kudos, kudos to Earl Edwards Jr. on his performance tonight. But I did also want to add, uh, Greg, for you, kudos to uh, the Bryant University men's basketball team on a tremendous victory over Wagner. And congratulations to them going to the dance, along with Providence College, who will be playing tomorrow. Uh, it is unfortunate the events that transpired during that match but um, I mean, great, great overall. And if you're if you're going to pursue a Bryant University basketball podcast, I would listen to it. That is all I will say. <laughs> and there it is the uh, the quota for Bryant University talk on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if I want to touch that one. I'm sure everyone saw uh, my alma mater uh, did not have the you know best representation on national television i mean I'm, I'm tom quinlan was in this chat he, uh he's left the the staten island uh, guy in the revs press corps uh has has bounced out of this chat and he was uh, giving me a lot of crap because wagner obviously from staten island um he, he was uh dming me last night telling me how terrible brian is um but uh yeah either way i'm, I'm glad we went just win um it really is the most uh bryant university thing of all time to wait 11 years to have a decent basketball team, finally have your year, um, have everything go your way, uh, and then have uh, three or four frat bros um, throwing beer on parents of uh, the opposing team, uh, which is uh, what appeared to have happened. So, uh, yeah, not, not our finest moment. Uh, I, I'm just glad everyone got home safe uh, and the Bryant University Bulldogs going to the tournament. Very, very excited. Uh, two dominant performances by my teams between uh, Bryant University uh, and the Revolution. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you, James, for the kind words. And, uh, next, I think we got another person here moving on for Bryant university. Um, I'll let you guys know when I start that Bryant university basketball podcast too. Maybe that's <laughs> something I'll do in the off season. But, uh, right now we got Og here. Og, uh, how are you doing tonight? What's your reaction to tonight's game? Hey guys, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, great. perfect. I'm also a Bryant alum and that was the most Bryant thing ever last night. Um, it's embarrassing. Uh, typical Bryant move getting, uh, you know, getting a little sauce before the game. Um, but I'm very happy for the, about the Revs game tonight. Um, I know when I when I turned on, you guys were talking about Dewan Jones. Um, I've tweeted multiple times. I think uh, we need to keep utilizing Dewan. He seems wide open all the time. And I think he'll be a weapon going forward. Just uh, very happy about the result. And I will add this. Um, obviously, there's been some bad press um, last week about – um, a couple of the, the Mexican teams, but the fans were very nice. I did a picture for um, one couple in particular, and um, they're very passionate but very good. So that's what I wanted to add. Yeah, agreed. I'm sorry. Agreed 100% there. Uh, Dewan Jones really showed out today. I mean, I, I said this earlier. I mean, Pumas looked like they had no idea Dewan Jones was fast. 
you know, I, it's like they didn't even have him scouted whatsoever. I mean, that was a great Dewan Jones game. Um, the only real, I'd say, complaint I had is that one move where he kind of got, I think the 10th minute, he got down the left wing um, and kind of slid the ball across. Maybe he could have taken that shot there, but um, I think Dewan Jones was just surprised he was given that much space. I mean, that was a, an absolutely wild game. So, um, yeah, kudos to Dewan Jones on, on that game. Uh, and, and great to have another Bryant guy uh, uh, listening, uh, you know, and equally excited about uh, the NCAA tournament and equally embarrassed. I just want to take a quick break from this Twitter Spaces episode to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Golasso Kits. In case you haven't heard, their mission is simple. It's to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home. The passion for the beautiful game doesn't have borders, and neither does their selection. Maybe you're feeling some nostalgia for Crayon Flag merch, uh, or maybe you're just here because the Revs just played Pumas. Uh, Golasso has you covered. Or maybe, like me, you just don't know what you want, and you just want to add to your collection. Well, Golasso has mystery kits to satisfy any footy fan. And remember, when you get to checkout, use code REVSRECAP 15% off your purchase. Again, that is code REVSRECAP for 15% off your purchase at GolassoKits.com. Now, let's get back into this tantalizing Spaces episode. Uh, Sam Minton is also here, apparently joining us after the press conference. Sam, how's it going? Sam, are you there? Oh, you guys just like really cut in. Oh, uh, what's up, guys? Uh, I just want to say, Peter Kiss, not a good basketball player. Uh, but oh, you do, well, that's that's too far. I mean, he's 24 years old. He's the same age as Jason Tatum. But I just on Jones talk because again, I thought he played great. But you know, I tried asking Bruce Arena for his thoughts on him, and uh, he was none too pleased that I asked about uh, Dewan Jones. So I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, but overall, I did want to, you know. Wait, thought, wait, 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 wait. What, what, what did, what did you ask? Like, was it, was Bruce Arena just annoyed that you were asking a question? What did you, what did you do to Bruce? I mean, Bruce might have just gotten annoyed because it's me, but I was just asking. You know, I said he was very involved in the attack. He's looked good this season. You know, how do you think he's performed? And Bruce was just like, yeah, he's gotten involved in the attack. And I'm like, how do you think he performed this game? And he's like, good. And I'm like, thanks, Bruce. <laughs> Yeah, you're in the you're in the doghouse, Sam. What's new? Anyway, I, I cut you off. I cut you off. What were you gonna say? Besides your Peter Kisslander, what else were you gonna say? Um, I just wanted to ask, um, because I'd love to get your guys' reaction to this. Uh, Bruce Arena went out of his way to give Gustavo Bo praise, and say how well he performed, especially in the second half. So I just kind of want to, you know, knowing that, you know, also see how you guys thought Gustavo performed and what was definitely I thought an interesting game for him. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Gustavo Bo because uh, he's been one of the people that was on my list of uh, of, of mentions tonight because I, I thought he was uh, fantastic, especially in the first half. Um, I thought he felt more in his element. Maybe it's just something about playing against a, a Mexican team, you know, back to his Tijuana days. I'm not really sure, but I, he looked hungry. He looked uh, aggressive. He had a couple of shots that were a little questionable, but he was taking the shots, which we haven't really seen him do necessarily as much as when he first joined the Revs. Uh, so he, he looked much more comfortable tonight than I've seen him in quite a while, frankly. Uh, and then the second half, it was uh, I had less thoughts about his performance in the second half, um, but I, I just thought overall, yeah, he had a really good game, and it was nice to see him kind of back into the Gustavo Bo that we kind of expected. Um, you know, 56 touches through 78 minutes is a little bit low, but, um, you know, he's a striker, so that you're not going to get 100 touches. Um, he, he did great. I mean, 
I'm looking at his stat line right now. He had four out of four successful dribbles, which is, I think that's kind of uncharacteristic for Gustavo. So that's pretty good. Um, he did good winning some duels uh, defensively. He did, he, he did defense. So, you know, can't ask a whole lot, a lot more there. Um, I was very happy. I was very pleased to see him out there. And I hope that we just continue to see Gustavo um, progress in this type of form, because if he does, uh, he's going to be one of the best players in MLS uh, all of 2022. I also feel like uh, maybe it's me, I, I, and, and I maybe have to go rewatch this, but it seems like Bo is a lot more comfortable playing kind of more of an attacking midfielder, kind of dropping back, shoot, you know, they, they, he kind of seems to be around the box, so if a ball comes out, he's able to fire it back in. Um, he seems to be a lot more comfortable in the run of play. We saw his passing ability, in my opinion, get a lot better kind of towards the second half of last year. Not that it was ever horrible, but um, he got more key passes last year and got more a lot involved. Um, I thought he did great with uh, uh, not Gustavo Bo, uh, with Dewan Jones in the first half. I mean, it seemed like him and Jones were playing off each other very, very well, and he was they were setting each other up very, very well. Uh, I thought that shot off the crossbar should have gone in. I thought his free kick in the first half was good, um, hit the side of the net. Um, so, I mean, there are two shots right there. I don't know how many shots he actually got on target. I think just one shot on target, um, but he had five overall. Um, and so you'd say, well, that's not very good. But I, I think with the context that one rattled off the bar and was an absolute rocket, uh, and one was a really nice free kick into the side of the net. Um, those were some pretty good efforts too. You look at his passing percentage too. He's only 16 for 31, uh, but he had two key passes and, and I thought he had some, some pretty dangerous moves. I mean, pretty much all that's in the attacking third, I think. Um, so I, I thought Gustavo Bo had a really, really good night. You look at his stats. I know you mentioned off some other favorable stats, Chris, but shooting and passing wise it, it doesn't look that impressive um, but he seemed very very dangerous and he had a goal taken offside too um so yeah i, I thought bo looked really really good um and we talked about legette and heel playing off each other bo seems to be kind of fitting uh kind of the midfield and, and being more of a distributor too they kind of have a, a three-headed monster back there um behind uh behind uh Buxa. so uh, I, I thought he played very very well uh he's got to find the net eventually it's it's i i hope he finds it in mexico i'm sure he's going to rest uh, on saturday but um, it's only a matter of time before he gets that first one. Also, side note, before we, we kick it back to Chris or Sam or whoever wants to jump in, uh, I noticed I've never, I did not ask for Twitter questions tonight. So if you have a question for the podcast and you don't want to hop on because you maybe you hate the sound of your, your voice, maybe you don't want to wait too long, uh, you can tweet at us right now uh, and re we'll read your question. But Sam, uh, what's your reaction to what you're uh, talking about? Um, I'm, I'm going to apologize because uh, you were breaking up a bit, but I do also want to ask another question just in terms of our nutritionist. It was nice to see him get the start, and I thought he performed quite well. So overall, I wanted to you know kind of get your thoughts. Also, want to shout out, uh, we got Andrew Farrell in the chat. I appreciate Andrew Farrell going sleeveless, him and Elmar Gonzalez, so shout out to them. Yeah, shout out Andrew Farrell. Actually, uh, since Andrew Farrell is here, I'm going to say really nice things uh, about Andrew Farrell. Andrew had a great performance tonight. Um, there are a couple of moments I did write down in my notes. There are a couple of one-on-one -on -one moments you had pretty well. Uh, you had some nice clearances. So thanks for joining the chat, Andrew. Great job. Oh, he's yeah, – well, well, we're going to go to him. Here he comes in. Hey, Andrew. Andrew Farrell joining the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, once this connects and goes. Now that I've complimented him, I think he had to hop on. Andrew, are you there? Can you guys hear me? Hello? Yep, yep. We can hear you right uh, now. If you guys can hear me or not. Yeah, we got you, Andrew. You guys can? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hold up a second. Found out it work. Can you hear Hello, us? Oh gosh. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but um, if you like, we put some uh, emojis on the thing. Okay, you guys can hear me. Sweet. We can hear you. Um. Well, yeah, I think it was good. I can't hear anything you guys are saying because I'm in the car. I just got home. But 
Um, I want to appreciate you guys for coming out to the game, supporting us. Um, it was a good game. I thought the, all the guys put in a good shift tonight. Um, I think Gustavo, you guys are talking about Gustavo. I think he had a great game. He, he didn't have the stats, but I think his take-ons were really good. Him and Dewan combining on the side were really good. Um, I thought Pulse had a really good game. I think, you know, top to bottom, everybody that played tonight had a good good game, good impact. I think Earl with the big save on the corner. I still don't know if you guys can hear me or not. But, um, yeah, thank you again for covering the team. Um, and, uh, obviously, it's still not, we're still not done. We've still got another half to play against these guys. But, uh, obviously, a good first, first start. So, I appreciate you guys, your coverage um, and your support. And the good times and the bad. Um, so, yeah, you guys have a good night. And uh, much love. Cheryl out. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for joining the podcast. Appreciate your input. All right. Andrew Farrell joining the podcast. That's the first. Wow. That's very awesome. I mean, I'm not going to take credit because I was like, hey, Andrew, credit for, you know, going sleeveless, but, like, maybe I helped out. (laughs) I I had him in my rundown, so when you said that, I wanted to kind of get that off, but I had no idea he was in the the chat until he said that, so I'm going to give you credit uh, 1,000%, Sam, but... Um, yeah, great, great, uh, great performance from Andrew tonight, I thought. And um, let's get back. Uh, we talked about Arnor just a little bit at the beginning, Sam, so you can go listen to our podcast tomorrow and kind of hear our thoughts on Arnor. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought, thought he played okay. Not, not anything incredible, nothing super inspiring, uh, but it was a, a good performance. So um, we got Eric here joining the podcast momentarily. We are just connecting. Hopefully we can hear him. Eric, can you hear us? Eric, can you hear us? Oh, maybe not. Uh, but yeah. while, while Eric connects, can we give a quick shout out to Gustavo on that uh, that post that knocked all the snow up across? That the was country. very sick. That was the I would say probably the most uh, the most enjoyable post hitting shot that I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that earlier as well. I was uh, it, it was pretty pretty fun to watch. I don't know. They played that replay like five or six times on the broadcast, and every time I was just watching it with so much enjoyment, like a little kid. I don't know why. It was something just so satisfying about seeing it fall. Um, and it was something that like I should have actually been annoyed about because it, it didn't go in the net, and it was a beautiful shot. should have gone in the net. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was just it was very satisfying. I, I, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, and and I mentioned this earlier. I'm glad the Revs won because if they ended up winning one nothing and then going down to Mexico and losing, you know, three nothing, and and you know, mm-hmm. you know, we have bad memories of these uh, two matches. Uh, I'm I'm glad we get to have that that gif and we get to look back and smile uh, as, as a pretty cool moment as opposed to a missed opportunity. So, um, while we have Chris and Sam here, I'm going to get to a question that I have, and if anyone wants to jump in and give their thoughts on it, uh, I, I would love to hear from our listeners, uh, but. This weekend against Real Salt Lake, it feels like to me that you have to rest the starters, especially Carlos Hill. You have a lot of fixture congestion. Carlos Hill goes 90 minutes. I wish we had Andrew Farrell because he's a 90-minute man too. I'd, I'd ask him how he's doing, uh, but he, he hopped off the podcast. So, um, guys, I mean, we got to play kind of some rotation. We got to play second team here this weekend against RSL. Am I right? I mean, this is a Western Conference game. It, it, it's an it's a March game in the MLS schedule. Um, I, I think you really have to focus on finishing the job in leg two. Am I right? Yeah, that's a hundred percent. There needs to be a lot of rotation. Uh, I, a couple guys that I'd like to see maybe continue to play uh, are Edwards Jr. Uh, I think he's been fantastic. I think maybe you leave him in uh, with keepers. You don't necessarily want to rotate them out. Uh, they don't need as much rest as a lot of the field players. Um, 
I'd like to see uh, Sebastian Legette. Maybe Josie Altador would like to see him out there. Um, Legette, not for a full full 90, but maybe a 45 or something like that. Uh, I, I definitely imagine we see Omar Gonzalez. Maybe a John Bell would be nice to see out there. Uh, as far as the strikers go, you're going to have either Bo or Buxa. I think you see one of them for at least 45 minutes. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm going to say it's Bo. Buxa probably earned himself a day off um, with that brace tonight. See, here, here's my take. Josie Altidore, 45 minutes. Start start him, see how he does, kind of stretch him out a little bit, and then maybe put on Buxa or Bo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is a good – this is a good – we talked about Josie Altidore and his role. Uh, I think Saturday is a good time to kind of see where he's at fitness-wise and kind of give him kind of the spot, the striker spot and see how he does kind of in his natural role. Yeah, absolutely. And that, uh, as far as the rotated guys, I think uh, Josie Altidore is one guy we see, but maybe we see uh, Justin Rennicks out there as well. Um, and then another player I had in mind is that uh, do we see uh, Ryan Spalding uh, possibly get his debut? Uh, I think uh, Dewan Jones also earned himself uh, a night off, so uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I, I do like a lot your your suggestion of throwing Josie out there for the first first forty five. See how it goes. What's the worst that happens is we drop points uh, in a March game against the Western Conference team. Um, yeah, throw Josie out there, and I I mean. Hopefully we st- we start to see him uh, see him click a bit. Hey guys, can you hear me? Uh, we got a, we got someone uh, chiming in. I'm not sure who's speaking right now. Is that is that Eric? This Eric. Is Eric. Eric. Hey guys, sorry. I was thinking, I, I think I was having the same problems Andrew was having with his mic and his car because I'm driving home as well. But uh, I was actually I wanted to talk about like while Bo like looked incredibly dangerous tonight and like made some of those defenders look very silly. Um, I feel like the, the biggest winner tonight, and, and maybe it's obvious because, you know, he came away with the brace, but Books has sort of started this game feeling kind of, he, he, he felt like he was, he was tight. Like the, the first opportunity he had, he definitely took an extra touch or two. And maybe it was the conditions, but it also felt like he was just trying to make sure it was perfect before he got the shot off. And then with those two goals in the second half, both of them from weird angles, both with, with both of his feet, I feel like, you know, this, that could be the, the, the spark that lights him on some sort of streak going into this the, the next few games where, I you know, we definitely want to want him, you know, dangerous next week in, in Mexico. But I feel like there's probably an argument to, you know, at least get him some minutes or the start against RSL just to give him the opportunity to stay hot, um, you know, once now that he's got that sort of flame going. Um, because the, the other thing I wanted to say was, all those replays, or all the highlight packages from the, the Pumas match against the Prisa, you guys are right. Like they, they were a completely different team against the Prisa than they were tonight. And I think that, you know, that might otherwise sort of have us a little bit worried about what we're going to see next week. But I don't know if it's just, just the vibe that we're getting from the team right now and having Buxa potentially getting really hot at this moment. Um, it feels a lot less like we need to be worried about the teams that we're going to be facing. Um, you know, even with Pumas being, you know, potentially a lot more dangerous next week, uh, uh, I, I want to—I think doing anything we can to keep that that that, that streak going uh, would help. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I was thinking. And uh, thanks for—I am also going to be joining the uh, the Legion of Patriots uh, shortly. So thanks so much for all you guys are doing. Hey, thank you so much, Eric. Really appreciate the uh, support and the kind words. And and I, I agree, actually, with 100%. I think you convinced me to play Adam Buxa this weekend. And, um, you know, going back to this last game on Saturday, 
Adam Brooks, I think had, I think I mentioned this stat the other day. I think he had 20 touches in the first 70 minutes. He didn't really have a very active uh, game. And then the first half, he looked a little bit rough. I mean, there were, there was that kind of ball that kind of he was fighting off two defenders and kind of had the ball get away from him. Uh, he kind of had one run that he kind of took a heavy touch and ended up shooting at a pretty awkward angle. He had the one timer that he missed. Um, so yeah, I mean, there there were a couple of plays in the first half where it seemed like you know he was just a little bit off. Um, you know, he, he had those moments, too, really, in 2020 where he's just a little bit off on kind of every play, uh, and then it kind of all clicked for him in 2021. So maybe we got kind of, uh, you know, a synopsis of uh, his, his career uh, in, in 2020 and 2021, and now he's hot. Maybe we got to ride the hot hand and keep him in form. Um, and he's been going, I feel, 90 minutes for maybe every game. I'd have to go check that. Um, but, yeah, so, so maybe fitness is not a problem with him, and maybe you ride the hot hand. I think you convinced me there, Eric. Uh, Chris, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to mention real quick, Adam Buxa had eight shots tonight. Uh, for a striker, that's exactly what you want. And he is he is a hot hand right now. Uh, obviously, two of those shots went in. Um, but eight shots against, you know, an opponent like Pumas, obviously with that home, um, you didn't expect that going into the game. I, I didn't expect that. I, I figured there, there would be a few chances and the Reds would need to capitalize on them. I didn't expect as many chances as they had. Definitely did not see uh, Adam Buxa uh, having eight total shots and a brace. Um, so that was not on my bingo card, but I am, I'm elated that it happened that way. Um, Adam Boots is really coming into his own. And, you know, I think there's also probably a bit of it where he's playing for a European contract as well. So, uh, he's comfortable. Uh, he looks good. He's very active. Uh, he's, he's also doing a lot better, uh, with his feet. You know, his dribbling, I've been seeing him come back a lot more closer to midfield, winning back possession, uh, beating defenders by, I don't want to say it's like a, a nice turn. It's kind of an ugly turn, but he does the job. Um, and he gets past defenders and creates space for himself. I'd like to see him work on his passing a bit. But um, aside from that, I think Adam Boos is rolling so far uh, in this season and uh, so happy to see him get his first two goals of the year. Uh, hopefully that translates over to some uh, MLS goals as well. And yeah, uh, I, I'm convinced as well. Let's put him in um, uh, against RSL. Keep boosting that confidence and and keep the trend rolling. Uh, and I think someone requested to speak, uh, and they I, I don't know if they've left or if they've uh, moved down their hand. But if you do want to speak, uh, there is a raise hand option. We'll get to you uh, shortly. Oh, actually, I say that one person is coming in. It's Gabe calling is hopping on the podcast right now. We are connecting. Hopefully, you're not in your car. That seems to be kind of the uh, moment of doom. But Chris, we normally do these after away games for a reason. I think that that is a really uh, yes. justified reason to kind of hold it. But um, gee, uh, you're on the podcast. How's it going? Um, what are your reactions to tonight's game? Oh, he muted himself. He faked this <laughs> out. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or. It's the bait and switch. Oh, damn. Well, we got a question here. If, if G, uh, if it's, I'm sure it's just he's in the car. If he wants to jump back on the podcast, feel free. Uh, we did get a question here from Charles Maddox. He actually has an interesting question uh, related to kind of some squad rotation. He says, "Should Noel Buck get a shot for Saturday?" Um, and that's an interesting question. Uh, I don't totally hate it. I'm going to say no, and my main reason to why no is because I, I think I would want to see Arnold Tristison get some more minutes. I want to see Wilfred Captoom at some point this season and see what we have with him there. Um, I mean, he's on a pretty big salary. He was one of your bigger signings um, uh, before the 2021 season. Um, I, I think you kind of have to give him some minutes somewhere and get him going. And this seems to be a game where you can kind of run him out there and kind of have a show-me game early in the season um, and, and see how he plays. 
Um, so I, I think we have a couple of central midfielders, those two guys that um, I, I kind of want to see a little bit more. Um, Damian Rivera, maybe you can kind of give him a shot. If you're resting Carlos Hill, who was a 90 minute man, we talked about maybe giving him a rest. Maybe you see what he can do. I mean, he's been on the roster. I think this is year three for him. Uh, maybe send him out and give him a debut. Um, but Noel Buck, uh, I believe 15 or 16, um, might be a little too young for this moment, might be a little young, at least in the starting role. Maybe he's able to come on and give you 15 or 20 minutes. But um, there, there are a handful of central midfielders that um, I, I'd want to see get some minutes, maybe Masiel in for Polster. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's kind of at a position that there's the most question marks. And I think because of that, um, you're going to want to see some other people in that position on Saturday. Um, Chris, anything to add to that one? Yeah, you know, I think I have a somewhat of an opposing uh, stance on that. Uh, Charles, thanks for the question. I like this a lot. Uh, no buck, to be honest. I kind of forgot that he was with the team. There was so much excitement around uh, other players. Uh, I was very excited when Noel signed, and I was really pumped to see uh, how he would transition to the first team. I think this might be the, the perfect window to put him in there. I, I do agree. Maybe don't give him a start, um, but I'd like to see him play 45, the second 45 possibly. Uh, obviously, depending on, on how the match is going, uh, what sort of situation the Reds are in. Um, but I, I think it's a good situation to put him out there and see what he's got. I know in preseason, we got to see him quite a bit, and he looked very active. Uh, he looked much more mature than a 16-year-old uh, out there on the pitch. Uh, I think the Revs might have something with this kid. I'd love to see him out there, and I think uh, a lot of Revs fans would like to see him too. Uh, if I was Bruce Arena, I think I'd like to see what I got as well. Uh, no, no use in, in not developing a player that really has a lot of potential and that could be developing by giving him minutes. Uh, so I'm in the camp of play no buck. Don't give him a start, but uh, at least give him 45. Interesting. Interesting take. Interesting take. So go ahead, Sam. Sam, Bar, can we hear you? Yes, uh, I can hear you. I think the thing is they have them on Bluetooth. You got to take the Bluetooth off. That's the big thing. Uh, but I did want to chime in because I'm definitely someone who would love to see the kids, you know, hashtag play your kids, you know, get the, Get guys like Damian Rivera, maybe even a no-buck. Um, get Ryan Spaulding out there. I would definitely think that the Revs should, you know, use this opportunity that they have. Obviously, they want to win the game, but, you know, see what they have in a guy like Ryan Spaulding. See what you have in a guy like no-buck, Damian Rivera. See, you know, how Justin Rennix will play in MLS. You can see that he's performing well with Revs too, but now what can he do at this level? So definitely on Saturday, I would love to see, you know, some kids get, get a run out. And just, you know, being able to see what you have coming in the future and just, you know, it, I think it would be great. It would be a good moment for them. And it just seems like a perfect storm to, you know, give some guys some rest, but also kind of take an internal, you know, uh, review of what you have in terms of, you know, your youngsters. I do have one more question here, and this is really more in regards to next week's game in Mexico. I imagine we're going to see pretty much the same lineup, maybe instead of Arnold Tristison, you see Maciel or Tommy McNamara back in the lineup. Um, I assume the lineup is going to be, you know, pretty much the same. We can name nine starters right now. Bo Books, uh, Legette, Heel, uh, Polster, um, uh, Farrell, By Jones, uh, probably Earl Edwards Jr., assuming Matt Turner is, is healthy. Um, those guys are all shoe-ins uh, for next week's match. Uh, but uh, we're, we were talking about Omar Gonzalez a little bit earlier. I wanted to kind of circle back. You know, John Bell, I, I think I'm higher on John Bell than most. I'm a little surprised he's dropped to fourth on the depth chart. I know Omar Gonzalez. This would have been a really good question for, for Andrew Farrell uh, to, to talk about Omar Gonzalez and what he brings because um, I was not too impressed with him tonight. 
Um, and, and I think that maybe John Bell might be a better fit to start in Mexico. I know he hasn't had a start. I, I think you start him Saturday, and maybe if he plays really well, maybe you move him into the starting lineup. I think that back line really misses Henry Kessler. Um, Chris, Sam, uh, anyone else that wants to hop in on this question, um, what do we think about the uh, center back pairing next week? Uh, do you think John Bell potentially starts? Assuming, assuming he gets a, a good performance Saturday, I think if John Bell doesn't play this weekend, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to throw a guy cold um, in, into a second leg in, in Mexico. But assuming he plays Saturday, assuming he plays well, um, what do you think about the possibility of maybe pairing John Bell with Andrew Farrell? I'm not opposed to it, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Bruce is going to roll that that card. I think Bruce Arena brought Omar Gonzalez in here for a very specific reason, and that's to play him. Um, I think Henry Kessler is ahead of Omar on the on the depth chart, but I think Omar Gonzalez was expected to be brought in as a rotational piece to bring in when uh, Andrew Farrell or Andrew Kessler needed a break. Uh, Omar is the number three center back on this roster, and until Bruce can convince me otherwise, I don't see uh, John Bell playing over Omar Gonzalez uh, for several reasons. And I mean, one one thing that Omar has that I absolutely love is he's tall. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of getting tall center backs. Um, it, it, he's six foot five. He's a towering piece uh, on set pieces. Um, he obviously can defend. He's maybe not the same defender he was several years ago. Uh, he's maybe lost a step here and there, but he's, he knows how to defend. He reads the game very well. I think he provides a lot more to the team than just his personal presence and what he does uh, for himself specifically. He's, he holds the line. He's a leader out there. Um, and he can help in the attack as well. Uh, I, I think he's very good at moving the ball uh, in transition to, to start an attack. These are all pieces that John Bell currently doesn't have in his game or at least doesn't show on a consistent basis where – Omar is a bit more uh, apt to doing that. So I think Omar is a number three. I think he's going to be out there. I think he's going to be with Andrew. Um, but personally, I'd love to see John Bell get a shot. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of his, and I, I want to see him develop more as well. Yeah. Um, I also think that I, I would have to agree with Chris in the sense that I, I feel like Omar's going to get the start. I think Bruce is going to one. You know, he brought him into play. But also, too, you know, Omar having the experience playing in Mexico. I feel like Bruce is going to rely on that. You know, I'd love to see John Bell uh, get that start. But I just think Bruce is going to rely more on that experience that Omar has to kind of make up, obviously. You know, there were some times that he didn't look that great. But I think Bruce is really going to rely on that experience that he has to kind of, you know, make sure that they're able to see this uh, out and, you know, move on to the next round. Good, good, good. Uh, we did get a quick comment here. I want to circle back to Adam Buxa real quick. Traeger uh, sent us a comment. He says, Buxa is only 24 years old, uh, and after this stretch, he has 10 days off before Poland plays their next match on March 29th. Uh, so he thinks that Buxa, if he feels up to it, he could play without a game off. Maybe you can ride uh, the hot hand. So following up on what Eric said, um, he may want to get as many minutes as possible uh, before he heads into World Cup qualifying. So that's another uh, vouch for Adam Buxa, maybe playing this Saturday and next week, uh, maybe he can kind of fight through um, not resting. So um, it'll be an interesting lineup. It'll be very interesting to see how Bruce manages minute. You know what's awesome for Bruce Arena is that he doesn't have to make any decisions. He could just listen to the podcast and we'll tell him exactly what to do. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I'm sure Bruce Arena listens to this podcast. Um, uh, Sam, maybe Sam will, will, will pitch it for us uh, at the next next interview. 
podcast. Will do, guys. I'll make sure that he's the world's. I know. I know he loves you. I'll ask Bruce to donate to the Patreon, just like yes. me. I donate to the Patreon. You guys should all donate to the Patreon. Thank you, Sam. Pa- patreoncom recap. I will say this too. Um, I know a few years ago I said the Revs should trade for Lee Wynn, and then they did. If the Revs trade for Bill Hamid this year, something is up. I'm just gonna say that. All right, all right. So that'll that'll be the uh, canary in the coal mine that Bruce Arena secretly listens to this podcast. Um, if the Revolution <laughs> pull off a trade for Bill Hamid midway through the season, so um, I think that actually just about does us. It's getting late. It's getting close to our bedtime. We are all hashtag over thirty revs. Well, not Sam. Uh, you and I, Chris, are, are hashtag over thirty revs. Um, if anyone yep. has any final thoughts they want to uh, chime in before we depart, please raise your hand. But uh, before we get to you guys, Chris, do you have any final thoughts before we depart here today? I don't really. I think we've covered it all. I just uh, just elated to see this win. I know uh, next week for the uh, the away leg, I don't think we're going to be doing a spaces. It's a very late match that that night. So uh, sorry, I don't think we're going to be be able to make that one. But uh, thank you everyone for for just participating and joining. We uh, we love doing this. So getting to do it with uh, with you guys listening in and and taking live questions is uh, a lot of fun for us. So thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, these are a lot of fun. We're hoping to do a lot more of them uh, this year, preferably after away games for you know obvious reasons I think we learned uh, during this podcast. And I would love to do one uh, uh, for the away leg, uh, but for uh, obvious reasons as well, I think the game ends past midnight. And so I, I don't even know when we will do a podcast. It might have to come out a day late. Uh, we'll, we'll have to figure that one out. Uh, but yes, uh, before we wrap up here, I, I, I know we covered this earlier. I know uh, James has left. Uh, but August still here, so I just wanted to give another shout out to the 2021 uh, 2022 NEC champion, uh, Bryant University Bulldogs. Uh, fantastic season, 16 and 2 in conference. Um, you know, it's been, uh, uh, I think, 11 years since our transition to Division One. when I was a student. Uh, I have watched this team over the past decade, and they have been absolutely terrible for the majority of it. Uh, and we finally have a good, to- finally have a good team. Uh, it sucks that uh, the game ended in the manner it did. Uh, but uh, an absolute drubbing of Wagner. Uh, and I wish Tom Quinlan was here so I could rub it in his face a little bit. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, just fantabulous, uh, a fantastic season uh, for uh, uh, Bryant. Uh, and I'm very hopeful that we can uh, get an upset win in the tournament and uh, the Revolution can win Champions League. Everything everything coming up great. So, you know, it's too bad we don't have Sean on tonight so that we could have a few minutes about Tottenham, you know, and how they're in seventh place right now. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for him. PSG is basically <laughs> Tottenham, and it sucks to be a PSG yeah. fan. There you go. <laughs> did, uh, someone, uh, Sam, did you send me the tweet that was like, uh, PSG is the Tottenham of France or something like that? I, I forget. What I put it, was, it in the TV. It was a Spurs yeah, PSG yes. comparison, so. Yeah, as a PSG fan, uh, seeing how that game played out was not pleased at all. They basically taught him. Uh, Dolan in the chat, want to shout out your guy, uh, Pochettino. He's in Paris, Andrew. Uh, Dol- Dolan, Dolan's hopping on. Do- Dolan, real quick, we're, we're wrapping this up, but you can uh, you can join in on this Tottenham as well. Hey, Sam, how'd PSG do today? <laughs> hey, Dolan, how was it freezing your butt off? Uh, I had so much fun. I'm glad. I'm glad. All right. Yeah. Shout out to everyone. Shout, shout out to everyone who uh, went to today's game and sat in the snow. Uh, I, I think that was a, a bigger turnout. Uh, a lot more fans uh, showed up to Foxborough today than there were in Charlotte tonight. Uh, so uh, who, who's who's the fraud fans now? Am I right? <laughs> uh, but that just about wraps us up. It's 11:30. Uh, it's it's time for my bedtime. So 
Uh, before we uh, end this podcast, I want to thank everyone for joining this podcast tonight. Thank you for everyone for your questions. Thank you to Andrew Farrell for hopping on the podcast real quick. Uh, w- w- wish we could have had uh, more conversation, but apparently you could not hear us. But thank you to Andrew Farrell for hopping on. Um, and for those of you that are in the uh, Twitter spaces, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap and follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. We're going to do more of these Twitter spaces throughout the year. Uh, and make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts because these Twitter spaces will be published the next day. So if you missed a part of it, uh, you can listen to the full thing tomorrow. Be sure to follow our friends, The Bent Musket, on Twitter at The Bent Musket and follow their work online at www.thebentmusket.com. Thank you to Sam and Dolan for joining us tonight. Uh, and be sure to check out our sponsor, Galasso Kits, and use our promo code REVSRECAP for 15% off your order. Uh, and if you want to support our podcast, uh, as many people brought up tonight, uh, you can now support us financially uh, by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash revolutionrecap. Uh, we will be back this weekend. Uh, following the RSL game, we will have a post-game pod for that one. So uh, until this weekend, thank you, everyone, for joining us today, and go Revs. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.